Welcome to In Harmony. I'm your host, Laura Ferrero, a longtime journalist and founder of M4G Media. On In Harmony, we talk to musicians, artists, authors, activists, and other fascinating guests about their wellness practices, artistry, social activism, and more. Today I'm joined by Cam Franklin, lead singer of Houston-based band The Suffers. The Suffers mash up vintage soul and R&B with hip-hop, rock, and roots music to great effect. Their music is upbeat, fun, and is sure to get you dancing. And Cam is a powerhouse vocalist. I know that term gets thrown around a lot, but she truly is. Cam has been doing terrific work bringing greater awareness to racial and social justice issues. She also sits on the board of directors of Headcount, a wonderful nonpartisan organization that uses the power of music to register voters and to promote participation in the democratic process. As a Black woman, she's had to deal with racism and sexism in the music industry, and she shares with us how she's dealt with that and how she's helped paving the way for artists who will come after her. Cam also discusses several exciting collaborations and music projects she has in the works and how she's staying grounded and creative during these quarantine days and in general. Her methods include dancing, creating art, and a lot more. Cam recently told Rolling Stone magazine that music is her greatest form of protest, and she explains to us how she's doing just that. It was wonderful chatting with Cam, and I hope you enjoy our conversation. But before we get rolling, here's a little bit of the Suffer's new song, Take Me to the Good Times, to take us into the interview. I like walking around, it's good for me Could you tell me where we could go eat? Take me to the good times I just gotta get out most days, you see I like walking around, it's good for me Could you tell me where we could go eat? Take me to the good times Summer's in Brooklyn Women age Shaking hands on the rooftop on MLK from the suffers cam it's so great to join you i'm so glad andy from headcount put us in touch yes no thank you for having me i'm happy to be here and to contribute to the cause there are a lot of things that i would love to chat with you about today but i thought we would start with something kind of beautiful that you said when i was doing a bit of research before the interview um you said that you are gifted with the ability to dream big. Can you talk about the value of dreaming big? Yeah, uh, I came from a pretty modest uh, home situation. Both my parents worked full time, um, but were lucky enough to have been the first in their family to go to college. And um, when they were raising me, you know, I was, you know, going to babysitters, staying with friends, staying with family, staying with cousins, but, you know, just all kinds of different things while they took care of what they needed to take care of. But 
when it was time for the family to be together, two big things were always said to me, and that was the importance of education and the importance of dreaming big because, you know, inventors, writers, some of the best, you know, artists of all time are people that dreamed beyond the negativity that definitely came their way. Entrepreneurs, people that try something different or people that try things that are when they're told that they're impossible. You know, I've been raised to believe that I can exist beyond what most people consider to be possible or normal. And I think that we are all capable of doing that. I just feel like there are a lot of things that happen in our lives that uh, sometimes stunt us from doing that. Or some of us might not have the, the capability to do that. But because I'm in a situation uh, to where I don't feel limited when I don't have people stunting me or you know halting that trajectory, um, it's a really beautiful thing. And I've been able to see what happens when I lead with kindness and positivity. I've been able to see what happens when I root for my friends, when, you know, they're achieving their own levels of success, you know, and maybe I'm not at that, that, that space by knowing that my, uh, time is on the way by knowing that by like focusing on the work, if I just do the work, the dreams will eventually come true. And so that, that's how I function. Yeah, dreaming big combined with doing the work is so important. Yeah. I know you have been doing that. And in addition to your artistry and your music, you've been doing some terrific work, bringing awareness to racial and social justice issues. Um, yeah, you know, with the recent spotlight on the deaths of George Floyd and Breonna Taylor and Elijah McLean and so many others, at the hands of police uh, and the, the Black Lives Matter protests that have been going on, it's at the top of so many people's minds right now and part of the collective conversation. How is this affecting your social justice work right now? It's inspiring me to think beyond what we've seen in the past. You know, we've seen what works, protests, uh, you know, being diligent, organized, uh, planning, organized, protesting, you know, just that kind of stuff, but seeing how we can modernize it, seeing how we can learn from our mistakes. Like, for, for example, you know, we don't all protest in the form of actually being on the front lines of the protest. Some of us protest through the art that we create. Some of us protest through uh, the the news that we choose to, to write about. Some of us protest through, you know, making sure that we're raising children that are educated and knowing how to protect themselves or educating a community on, how, you know, what their actual rights are and what's okay and what's not okay. Um, for me, it's been a little mixture of both. You know, I live in Houston, Texas, and currently it's a COVID hotbed. Yay. And uh, <laughs> because I have to exist beyond that, I, I have, I've had to put an extreme focus on what is sustainable as far as my protest is concerned. And so I know that I am at my most quick and I am at my most uh, 
helpful when I am spreading joy, which is something that I feel is, you know, a gift that I have to share. And when I am educated and able to speak up for other people, that doesn't necessarily mean, oh, I have to go spend years and years at a college because we've seen that a lot of college educated people are just now learning what real racism actually is. And that's really a bummer. However, um, I can, I need to continue learning as if I will never be able to know it all. And that's not just with, you know, the topics that, you know, I want to know about. It has to be about the things that affect me. So, you know, I, I am doing my, my form of protest by uh, gaining better knowledge of how uh, modern economics work for Black women, for, uh, you know, musicians, seeing how the CARES Act uh, can become a permanent thing. Like, you know, just, just you know, if, if we go back to a normal economy and we have this much money right now, why couldn't that be a thing when people lose their job at a normal situation? You know, like, I, I don't know how to make it make sense, y'all. You know, I, just, I, I, don't, I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, we're all we're all learning and hopefully educating ourselves, you know, more now. And um, I guess I wanted to ask you, Cam, as a black woman, do you find people looking to you for advice on how to best take action right now and, and maybe contribute to the conversation in meaningful ways? Often. And I honestly have gotten so exhausted that I had to start like just linking people to stuff and not like in a way that was necessarily kind. Um, I wasn't rude about it, but it was just kind of like, here's the link, you know, like I, I cannot devote any more of my time, of my nerves, of my patience to educating non-Black people on how you should treat us. You know, there are certain things that I'm not allowed to do that I've been taught is not normal. You know, sticking my hands in people's hair, uh, complimenting them on how well they speak or, you know, their lack of, you know, English comprehension because of, you know, the accent, you know, like just, just really messed up stuff. And, I've, I've also had to kind of deal with the fact that I'm only taking a break on that feeling. I don't think the work will ever end. You know, someone is going to have to do the education, but honestly, I think that should be done by white people. You know, there are so many black people out here doing amazing, amazing, amazing work as far as, you know, sp spreading actual lists, guided lists on, you know, how people can combat racism, how people can do a better job of interacting with Black people in their communities. But the best advice I can give to people is for them to just have more Black friends. If you only have one Black friend, that's not enough. If you only have one Mexican friend, that's not enough. If you don't have any, that's not enough, you know? And when it comes to those relationships, yes, there are cultural difference, like cultural differences, like there are in every household, you know, there's going to be similarities and things that are different. Um, it's just all about empathy and just the way you treat people. And, um, as a black woman, I have decided that I'm not giving out any free 
anything really in the form of that, you know, until I receive some type of reparation. <laughs> like I just, I, I can, I'm like, I, I will gladly consult you uh, for, for that check. But <laughs> no. Oh, that's an interesting perspective. And I know, you know, you've also been bringing awareness through your music. Yeah. And you told Rolling Stone um, that music is your strongest form of protest right now. Can you talk about how you're doing that? Yeah, I, music is my form of, uh, my strongest form of protest right now because it allows me to share the stories of the people that can't share their own. Um, I wrote a song for Brianna Taylor on her birthday. I didn't realize that, you know, her birthday is the same week as mine. And, you know, I just, her story has affected me probably more than any other just because she was asleep in her house and, you know, just what? Um, I've been collaborating with artists that, you know, decide to do the work of, you know, sorting out how to best tell our stories. I just released a song with uh, Dave House and Amethyst Kaya called Your Ghost, where, you know, he recounts uh, the telling of the murder of George Floyd and um, talks about the privilege of white people, but from the perspective of a white man addressing the people within his race on how they need to step up and do a better job. And, uh, acknowledge that this is this is their responsibility to be that voice of change. Uh, I have more music coming out with the Suffers, my my full time band. Um, we have a song called "How Do We Heal" on the next record that literally just talks about uh, how I couldn't feel safe in my own home. Uh, after it was becoming a thing where black people were getting shot up in their own homes. Um, and for, again, for what, um, and, you know, I'm, I'm so grateful to all of the collaborators, my bandmates in my life for allowing me to tell, uh, not only their story, but the story of so many black people that will never be told. And when we look back on history, you know, the, the Toni Morrison's, the Langston Hughes, the, the James Baldwin's, they're the ones that told you these these stories and made it consumable, but also so so real and beautiful and relatable because they were living through it with that gift. And when I say living through it, you know, this isn't the first race revolution that we're you know that the world has seen. This is just you know our the one that's occurring during our our life cycle and. Um, it's, it's a different type of one. And I really hope that it continues down this path of, uh, of reform and conversation and peace and understanding, but you know, it's going to take a lot of time and a lot of just retelling of the stories. So that's what I'm doing is I'm telling the stories. Yeah. Maybe buckling down. Cause it, it's, it's still incredible to me that it is still necessary to have this going on but yeah. it is what it is and and i'm hoping that this is a good thing that it's happening now it is such a weird time with covid going on so strongly but but i guess things happen the way they were meant to yeah and, definitely definitely yeah i believe that me too and 
Yeah, I'm switching gears just a little bit, although in a way they're interconnected. Um, I know that you are on the board of directors for Headcount, which is a terrific nonpartisan organization that uses the power of music to register voter, voters and have them participate in the democratic process. Can you talk a little bit about the work you're doing with them? Yes, so what, what's happening right now is um, all of the states are completely revisiting and revamping the way that they approach their uh, voting process as we get closer to November. Um, I just got done voting in Texas for our uh, primary. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. and um, you know, it was such a strange sight. They give you a finger condom. Everything has plexiglass. You wipe down the whole thing. Um, and I felt safe, uh, at least in that regard, voting only because there weren't that many people voting. Um, but then again, it's been t absolutely terrifying to hear about everything that's happening with the mail-in ballots, you know, and um, them not being counted, them being turned in late, and then all of a sudden not counting, even though it was at no fault of the voter. Um, so headcount is figuring out ways to change that, uh, not only through using the influence of using the in, excuse me, the influence of music and musicians to get young people registered to vote, but also through expanding that education of how the mail-in vote process works in your state and how to contact your constituents on how to do that. If you go to headcount.org, you can you know, put put in where you live and um, see if you're registered. And then if you're not registered, either way, it sends you down a path that will allow you to contact your state representatives, your, your governor, like whoever it is that you need to speak to, to figure out how, how you're going to vote, be that in person, be that through mail, be that through whatever. Um, this is going to be the strangest election year yet, I'd say. Um, However, <laughs> what a cool time. You know, it's it's a weird time. It's a strange time. But as far as history is concerned, it's like, yo, this is going to be so weird when we look back at it. I tell you, so weird. This is massive. So in terms of headcount, what attracted you to working with them in the first place? And how did you get involved with them? Uh, the first involvement that I had ever had with them, I believe was at South by Southwest. Um, when the suffers first started going, like I think 2015, 2014-ish. Um, and we just joined their campaign to, you know, get bands holding up the register to vote, make sure you register to vote, futures voting, uh, signs and, you know, share, shared it all on our social media. But I got connected with Andy and with the board um, on their futures voting tour. Uh, one of my good friends and mentors is this guy named Jim James, who's the lead singer for My, my Morning Jacket. And oh, he's uh, say what? Oh, Jim, I, I've, I've met him. He's a wonderful oh, guy. Yeah. He's, he's just amazing. Um, so he had a tour come through uh, Texas. So he headlined the entire futures voting tour that Headcount put on, to, and it was half voter rally where uh, local um, politicians that were running for office would come and, you know, from both sides 
would come and I think speak for about two minutes to the crowd. And then Jim would do a short set and then that was it. And I think it was a free show. Um, I think they just had to register to vote or not register to vote. No, they had to register their email um, to get in. And it was through uh, mostly colleges. And then in Austin, it was like, I think during ACL uh, nights. Anyway, um, Andy was on that tour and, uh, you know, I was talking a lot of shit. I was just like, you know, this would have been so much more efficient had y'all done this. And why would you do a show in uh, this and that? Or I, I said that them doing that tour in Austin and San Marcos was too close. And he was like, you're right. And I was like, oh, really? Because I'm, I'm used to being told I talk too much and I'm used to being told um, that my opinion is not welcomed. And so it was <laughs> different to hear someone say, what other opinions do you have? And, you know, after hearing that, I had a lot of opinions that would actually help them out and that it was also coming from the perspective of someone much younger and, you know, just from a completely different culture uh, than most of them. Um, it became a conversation of, well, what would you like to do more with Headcount? And I was like, well, you know, I'm out here every night and I'm meeting a demographic of people that y'all don't speak to. You know, I was like, I come from the black community. I was like, and no one, you know, really, I'll say before this period in time, it was always like pulling teeth to get conversations with certain folks, certain individuals that a lot of my white counterparts didn't have to bat a lash twice uh, to get into. And, you know, I'm, I'm not going to go into the full details, but gatekeepers going to gatekeep is all I need to say. But um, I really do believe in my heart that times are changing. And Headcount um, is an organiza organization that I paired with before this happened. I think this year makes three years of me uh, being on their board. But every year I learn more. I get um, better as not only a... Uh, musician but as an activist because again you can only do so much if you're not educated about what's going on and you know i'm so grateful to everyone that not only continues to help and contribute to headcount's existence but um to the people that have been there since the beginning that continue to teach uh those of us that are just now getting into this world so i'm grateful to andy and um peach Shapiro and Mark and Bob and everyone else uh, on the board. And I just appreciate them for teaching me. And I, I just, I look forward to seeing the next wave. Definitely. And you offer such a valuable perspective. So it's, it's great that you're doing that. Thank you. Um, and then shifting gears a little bit again, uh, you said that practicing self-love has been very valuable in helping you reach your full potential. Yes. Can you talk a little bit about that? Uh, I think everyone's self-love uh, practice is going to be different. You know, some folks, some folks exercise, some folks, uh, you know, smoke a joint, some folks masturbate, some folks do whatever it is they need to do. But for me, uh, I love dancing. I love a good joint and I just like singing really. <laughs> so, I mean, I've been doing really nerdy, just 
singing challenges for myself and um i'm working on three records at on one at one time right now and so you know i've just really been setting new daily goals and challenges to see how high i can go to see how low i can go see how you know what weird things i can make my voice do and um i've recently started acting for a bunch of different film and tv roles and so it's just giving me more opportunities to <laughs> to practice this new weird road i'm on but this is cool that's amazing wow so is that kind of what you're doing during quarantine days to yeah <laughs> and stay grounded yeah i mean that i just re i mean you can see a portion of it behind me um, but I just rebuilt my art installation within my bedroom, which is half art installation, half music venue. It's called the Sequin Sanctuary. And uh, the first 15 weeks of quarantine, I did 15 live stream shows, uh, learned how to do my own sound, my own lighting, my own video. Uh, and, you know, it was many meltdown after many meltdown. But now I am equipped with a whole new set of skills. And so once I got to a happier headspace i redid my space and so that's what that's what's going on behind it i know it's going to be recorded so yeah, like flowers gorgeous. and sequin and just random glittery things all over the place yeah i was going to comment on it it's one of the coolest backgrounds i've seen <laughs> thank you yeah um it'll have its like show debut in august uh this so i built this for my band the suppers we're going um to a Patreon platform for our live streams in August. And so I wanted to have a new space because it's a new attitude. And uh, I want the folks that have been watching us since the beginning of the quarantine to have a space that when they come to check it out, you know, they're like, okay, it feels like a show in here. It feels fun in here. It's just different. So, yeah. Yeah, it's very cool. Maybe I should do that for for podcasting, which I never, I never anticipated. <laughs> hey, it would be just awesome. for you. You got to do what makes your your mind right. And I feel like again, that's yeah. part of that self care question. You know, I built like this is a lot of work, but I had a lot on my mind. So you know, some people drink their stress away. I I built mine into a space. <laughs> Yeah, I love it. It's been hard because I I make um I make pottery like ceramic oh, stuff. Yeah. Oh, nice. Oh, thank you. It's one of the ways that I um calm my mind. It's a pretty meditative practice for mm -hmm. me. But unfortunately, my ceramic studio has been closed because of the COVID oh, restrictions, right. and I'm starting to go a little crazy. Like, where where can I channel that energy? into something productive. I, I wish I had space for a throw a wheel to throw with, but I don't. So you got to get creative. You got to figure it out. You're going to figure, you're going to come up with some alternative and it's going to be great. Thank you for that. <laughs> <laughs> and then um, speaking of the sufferers, you guys just released a very joyous single called Take Me to the Good Times. Um, and you talked a bit about the collaboration you did, which is beautiful, by the way, thank with you. Dave Howes. Yeah, um, thank you. What else do you do you have in the works? You mentioned three albums. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> so I'm working on the third record with the Suffers, um, and that project should be done at the end of, at least by the end of this year. Um, I am finishing up a. EP called the Bayou City Comeback Chorus, 
which is actually part of a grant program for the Houston uh, Art Alliance, where I initially, before COVID, was going to bring a 25-person choir together uh, because I grew up learning how to do large symphonic choir uh, singing and arranging. And so um, I prepared four pieces of music where I uh, composed everything. I uh, wrote all the parts for the vocals. I wrote the lyrics. And so um, because of COVID, I'm going to scale it down to an eight-person choir. And um, I've already done all the demos. I've done all the work <laughs> for it. So now I'm excited for the reward, which is hearing the band uh, that I've put together just contribute their their parts and I know it's going to be great and I, I just I can't wait I'm sorry if I missed this but does the project have a name oh yes sorry it's called the Bayou City Comeback Chorus oh I love it yes. oh, and then the third record is uh, an album that's going to take a little bit longer um, but it's my first solo release and um I say my first solo release because I'm working on multiple solo releases at the same time also, but they're kind of, they're going to end up in their respective genres. So I'm doing um, my record, which doesn't really have a genre yet. And then uh, a country folk and Americana record with my friend, Robert Ellis. Awesome. I love how you, you toggle between various genres fearlessly. It's amazing. <laughs> I'm surfing. <laughs> totally. Oh man, that's so positive. But I, I did want to ask you this. Um, you know, I read in, in some of your interviews, you talked about facing ignorant stereotypes or angry stereotypes from a male-dominated music industry. Can you talk a little bit about how you handle that? when it happens? <sighs> yeah. Um, sometimes you don't handle it very well. Sometimes, you know, their behavior gets the best of you, but you have to try. And uh, what, what does Michelle Obama say? Go, go higher when they go low. Um, it doesn't always work out that way. But uh, I've had instances over the years where <laughs> racism tried to win the day. Um, people speaking to me in a way that was extremely belittling, uh, people putting their hands in my, on my body or in my hair uh, because they thought that, that, that they had permission to do so because I have an Afro. Um, I always have tried to explain it as like, you know, hey, if I just came and stuck my hands on your scalp, it would be weird. But this was something that would happen at festivals often at, you know, so with certain uh, show pairings with certain artists, it was it was almost as if their fans had absolutely no respect for Black people, even though, you know, some of these artists were very much so pulling from Black culture, even appropriating it. And uh, it, it was just, it was just a lot. And so um, I've always gone out of my way within the industry to lead with kindness. I'm very honest. I'm very... Uh, who I am. I'm, I'm a businesswoman. However, uh, I do believe that kindness is, is always going to win, you know? Um, however, I have had people go out of their way to try and ruin my career simply because I look the way I do and I sound the way that I sound, which is just sure of myself 
which is just, you know, like an equal opportunity person. Like, okay, if, if, if you can make this, why can't I make that when I get to that level? You know, like I understand that there is work that needs to be done, but at a certain point, something's got to give when, you know, it's the same bullshit over and over and over again. So <sighs> we're trying to, we're, <laughs> uh, as far as me over overcoming it, I've gone through so much trauma since not only since I've started touring, but since just entering the music industry, uh, where a lot of people at the time didn't understand that what they were doing and saying to me, you know, things like uh, trying to segregate my green room uh, from another another artist because I had the nerve to let them know that their their sound was not right. Within our industry, if if you're on tour with your friend and your friend is doing the exact same job that you are doing and something is wrong with your friend's show, like if something were wrong with your podcast every week and one of your friends that also does a podcast called you and was like, hey, just want to let you know that, you know, it's sounding real glitchy on this platform or hey, it's it's gapping out on, at this. It's like, it sounds great, but then it dips right here. You know, like just, you wouldn't want that. You'd want somebody to let you know because that's a representation of you. And so because I respected uh, one of these artists, uh, I thought I was doing that by going up and in private saying something. Uh, but instead I ended up getting a call the next day about how I need to be quiet and mind my business. And then when I had the nerve to bring it up again, because it had been going on for about two weeks, three weeks after I first said something, um, I was then told that I could either, uh, not speak to anybody else in the touring party, um, which was a very large touring party of like 15 people. I would basically shut up. I wouldn't be allowed in the green room. Um, if there was only one green room, that band would get the green room and I, and my, my band could be in the green room. I was the tyrant. I was the, the mean person on the tour because I had the nerve to speak up about the sound not being right. I had the nerve to speak up when someone on their team was being a sexist to my uh, sound woman. And in a, you know, in retrospect, to hear some of the people from that band come out to support Black Lives when you almost ended one, you know, it's, it's really fucked up. Um, however, I am proud of my perseverance and my, and my endurance. And I am, I am appreciative of my team and my band and the people that love and support me. Um, because I know that they are why I, you know, I've continued to do this. Um, and also for the next black girl that tries to come up and do this, like, I, I want it to be easier. I want her to feel comfortable to tell her friends, Hey, it doesn't sound the way that it sounded last week when you sounded amazing. And I know that you're capable of doing that every night. So something is wrong. I just wanted to let you know and not, you know, having the person that they choose to be that vulnerable with try to ruin them. So, yeah. <laughs> that's, that's on the light side too. I found, I, you know, it's been about three, two or three years since that all happened. And, um, I still find out 
uh, information in regards to people that got told to blacklist me from festivals that got told uh, not to work with me because my behavior was so unbecoming. Um, I have had to just grow from it because those people went out of their way to try and ruin my career. And I could have easily let it continue to ruin my career and my mood and my the way that I treat people. Um, but I'm trying to make it easier for the next black woman that comes up. I'm trying to make it easier for the next black woman that doesn't want to do, you know, the traditional form of music that we're told we have to do. I want us to feel like we can be wild and free just like everybody else because we can. But how do we do that? By living in that truth. And so that's what I'm trying to do. You know, it work. It would be so much easier if people would just leave me the fuck alone and let me shine, though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and uh, no, it is great. I I feel like if that happened to me, I would, I won't lie, I would probably think twice about speaking up the next time when I think what you're doing is exactly right. Like, screw that. <laughs> you need to pave you know the way not only for yourself but the people who come behind you thank you yeah trying we're trying we're trying we're trying yeah and then almost almost ready to wrap up but um i saw that you recently took part in the recording academy's panel on amplifying black voices in the music industry yes and you said that was a really positive experience can you talk a little bit about that um yeah um so the recording i'm i'm um a i'm a, <laughs> i'm a grammy governor i'm a governor for the texas chapter of the recording academy this is my first year on the board for that and i'm learning so much um but it was really just a unifying experience for uh not only myself but other members of the board we had uh our vice president bun b and uh DJ Symbolic one and Yolanda Adams and so, you know, just a, a, so many amazing people speaking on a topic that just a, a year ago, two years ago, five years ago, you wouldn't have probably seen a panel like this because people didn't understand that our voices had been silenced, that our voices had been turned down, that they had been rewritten, that, you know, that there was an extreme code switch happening because we had to survive. and you know, now that the climate of the industry is changing, changing, uh, you know, where that conversation was just an opportunity for us to come and uh, just speak on not only how we were feeling, but how the industry could do a better job. So I encourage anyone that has, you know, wants to learn more to go and uh, check out that link. I think it's available not only on the Recording Academy's website, but also on, I think, on YouTube as well. Awesome. And Cam, do you, before we go here, do you have any advice or anything you want to say to young people, actually all people, about uh, participating in this very important election year? Uh, yes. The one thing that I would start by saying is that you have to show up. It's not enough to just register to vote. You have to show up or you have to actually send that sucker off. 
now that we're hearing that, you know, the mail-in votes are kind of funky, hopefully that's a little bit of incentive for you to get, just knock, knock that vote out early, get it done, feel good about your, your selection. Um, but know that if the person that you want to win doesn't win, that's what we do this for. It, it doesn't mean that, you know, you didn't try. It doesn't mean that your vote doesn't count. It just means that this is part of a process. And if you look at your local elections, which are just as important as your state and your presidential elections, you'll see that your vote matters more than you realize. I live in the city of Houston, Texas, where just last year we had, I believe, I believe it was 13 or something black female judges elected into the local, you know, is that like, just like what? what? That doesn't happen like that, but it can if you vote for it. It can if you show up for that. And so um, it feels impossible sometime, but it, it's not forever if you do the work. That's beautiful. I really enjoyed our conversation. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. I appreciate you. Bye. And there you have it. That wraps up my conversation with Cam Franklin. I hope you enjoyed it. I walked away from it thinking differently about a few things that Cam discussed with me and also feeling more inspired to be bold in speaking out about issues that are important, not only for myself, but for others who might benefit from my doing so. Of course, I'm also very inspired to vote in the upcoming election. For more information about registering to vote, how to vote by mail, and vote safely during this COVID-19 era, as well as a bunch of other valuable information, visit headcount.org. That's H-E-A-D-C-O-U-N-T dot org. In Harmony was produced and edited by me, Laura Ferrero. A special thank you to James Bremen for the original theme music and to Sophie Walker for her help with show notes and social media. If you like what you heard, please tell your friends about us and you can find us on most podcasting platforms, including Spotify and Apple, where it would be wonderful if you rated us by just scrolling down and clicking on the stars or leaving a comment. You can follow along with us on Instagram and Facebook at In Harmony Podcast and on Twitter at In Harmony Pod. Thanks again for tuning in and we will catch you next time.